Amen. God bless you, saints. Good to be in the house of the Lord. And we're talking about faith this morning. And just to kind of get things started as we meditate on these scriptures, let's read Luke chapter 18, 7 to 9 that says, And shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him? Jesus telling the parable of the unjust steward. Though he bear long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Now you think about this, the day that we're living in now, that God is looking for somebody that will believe him. And it's um, to a place where that he would make this declaration that when the Son of Man cometh, is he going to be able to find faith? And, you know, many times we'll... We'll get to a place where we'll think we're doing all right, but I, 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 I want to encourage you to, you know, just step out in faith because there's many times where we fail to just really take what God said and grab a hold to it. Because if you if you grab a hold of what God said, something is going to happen. And now we can kind of see that play out in in the story of Abel, Abel here as we as we read through that when Abel came with faith. <laughs> With with a real revelation, then God come behind his faith and vindicated it and proved that he really believed. Now, Brother Brown would say <clears throat> in healing what cancer is, he said, we hear Jesus say when he returns, would he find faith? He didn't question whether that he'd find churches or righteousness or teachers, but he said, would I find faith? Oh, God, such a valuable thing. In preparation, he said, well, I find somebody who will stand at my word and say, every word's right. I'm not scared whether this one says so or that says so or nothing. I believe in God and I'm accepting it and standing right there on it. That's the thing. And that was the thing in Abel's day. And that's the thing in our day. And you see, we sometimes, you know, you got that story of Sarah sitting there in the tent saying that, is it going is it be, is it going to be possible for my body to be changed, for me to have pleasure with my Lord and doubting the thing. So that you see in this day, we can't have no doubts like that. We, we got to just grab a hold of everything that God said and not doubt, not falter, but believe that when God said it, that your toothache can be healed, that everything that if God promised it, I believe it. And that settles it. And all the days of our life, he said, he didn't say, will I find churches? Will I find religion? But will I find faith? And not even, he didn't question sincerity, but he questioned faith. And just kind of thinking about faith in Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. <clears throat> but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Now that means once God reveals it to you, it's mine. If God reveals it to you, it's my possession. So these things that are laying here in the scriptures as we read about, when God opens it up to us and gives us the revelation of the thing, you've got to promise that you can have it. Let's pray before we go into the study. Lord, we're just thank, so thankful to be able to gather here today, Lord, and to be looking, able to look into the secret things that now have been made known to us. We just ask your blessing upon the study this morning, that you will prepare our hearts for the services today, or the service today, as we just have one service. But I pray, God, that you'll, Lord, just feel at liberty, Lord, to help us. We ask in your name. 
So verse four that we've been kind of studying on, and, and I, I think we'll I think we'll make some headway past this. It's, it's kind of taken a while to get through this story, but I, I think it's been helpful to kind of background. And you know, some some are not familiar with even maybe the story of what's of the, the the doctrine of what serpent seed is, and it's kind of helpful to give some clarity on, on kind of back back up a little bit on some of these things. But in verse four, it says, "By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain." <clears throat> by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. So, so now, now that faith, faith is how you get righteousness because God's righteousness is applied to you. In this case, that, that, that little, the life of that lamb was applied to Abel. God testifying of his gifts. God come behind it to prove that the faith that Abel came with, offering up that little lamb was the correct approach. And he come behind it, what, with a something supernatural happened? Oh, we gotta we gotta be constantly looking for something supernatural. Uh, don't ever cabbage down and say, "Well, now we just got a lot of knowledge," and stop looking for God to do something. I'm constantly looking for something God to move in my life, and by it being dead, yet speaketh. Now, Brother Ram would say, in God's provided way of dealing with sin, he said, "Here he come, pulling the little lamb, the lamb knowing that death lay near him, pulling back." I wonder what kind of a death that was when this little fella knowed he was coming. And he laid him upon the rock, pulled back his head. He perhaps didn't have any knives or lances then, so they just took a sharp rock and began to chop on his little neck. Did you ever hear a lamb die? You hear the most pathetic cry you ever heard when you hear a lamb die? Anyways, they beat him across his little jugular veins with this rock, and the blood spurting out, bathing his little wool. God looked down and said, that's it. Now, wouldn't you this morning sitting here would like for God to have that same testimony about your faith to look at the way that you're believing and say, that's it. That's what I'm looking for. Now, we read that scripture in Luke that God in this day when the son of man is supposed to be manifested, he's looking for somebody that'll have faith. And it's gotten to a place so much where you you can't hardly find faith. But yet there's going to be somebody that'll still believe that look at God's word and a promise that's laying there in the scripture and lay claim to it and say, I don't care if people make fun of me for the way that I'm acting. I don't care if people... uh, Say all manner of things. I don't care what false preachers say. When God said it, I'm, I'm grabbing a hold to him. If there's a promise for my healing or a promise for a new birth or a promise for a super anointing in this day, or a promise that you understand the capstone mysteries, I'm grabbing a hold to it. And, and, and for God to look at that and look at somebody's faith like that and say, that's it. Now you read, you'll find out further on as we study in, through Hebrews 11 that you can't please God. Without faith, that faith is the thing that pleases God. So this morning, sitting here, if you want to be pleasing to God, then you got to believe, and that's that's how you make God happy. <sighs> now, Brother Adam said, if we keep reading this quote, he said, "What did it speak of? It spoke of some four thousand years later, when the Lamb of God was hanging on the Rock of Ages, and the judgments of God of the sinner man was hanging there, and his bloody locks dripping around his shoulder, speaking." Abel couldn't understand what the lamb was saying, and Jesus, when he died, spoke in an unknown tongue. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was God's lamb dying on the altar, the innocent for the guilty, God dealing with sin in that manner. Nothing at all you can do. It's all. <clears throat> oh, you, you think about how faith, faith even is a gift to you, that God will give you that gift of his faith simply because you accepted it. 
There was nothing you can do, nothing you can work up, nothing you can do within yourself. All you have to do is accept it, and God will give you that gift. God has already did it. You have to accept it, and by sovereign grace, believing it, and God will vindicate your faith by giving you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, now there's a pattern. I think sometimes when we study out scriptures, we need to look for the patterns in the scripture. And there's a pattern here that where if you believe, then God will vindicate your faith. If you believe for the new birth and you truly believe, God will come behind that faith to give you the new birth. Now, that's the same thing for anything that you're believing for. If it's real, genuine faith, God is going to come behind it to prove it. God will come behind the meeting this morning, the service this morning. If you really believe, God will come with a supernatural anointing. God will move on the scene with your, if you really believe, God will vindicate it. <clears throat> now, now, all these promises in the scripture that prove that out, that God will recognize faith just like Abel. He recognized Abel's faith. In Matthew 17, it says, truly, I tell you, if you've got faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, that's what we're trying to, uh, the, God, the preaching of the gospel in this day is trying to raise our faith to, to the point where we don't believe that we're not like Sarah sitting in the tent saying, well, I, I don't know if God can change my body, but to believe that all things are possible. Now, it seems sometimes that that's beyond our, our ability to accept that anything, anything is possible if you can believe it. If you can grab a hold to it with faith, all things are possible. Now, you think about what Jesus was saying here in Mark 11 where he said, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, whatever you ask for in prayer. Now, that's a big statement. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So if you come with faith and prayer and lay God's promises before him with your request, believing something's going to happen. Now, there's when faith gets to moving. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, he said, without faith, we're getting to that in our study of Hebrews 11, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And what? That he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So in other words, if you bring your faith, expect to get something back. Don't just bring your faith and say, well, it's good enough that I know a lot of things, but expect to see God move on the scene. Right. <clears throat> In James chapter 1, 6, 7, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. But now if you come with faith, you expect to receive. Right. You come with your faith believing that you're going to get what you ask for. And 1 John 5, 14 to 15, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, isn't that a confidence that when you come in prayer, if you need something, we don't have a God like, like the Buddhas or the Jains or whatever, all these other religions of the world believe that it's a, just an impartial God that's not involved with, you, with your activities, but we have a God that hears what you have need of and is concerned about you. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Now, there's faith. Faith believes that it doesn't matter what it is, how big the mountain is. What faith, Brother Brown said, it's like big and burly. And it says, it tells the devil, get off of my property. This is mine and I'm coming for it. And, and uh, 
maybe to, maybe this speaks boldly it's like Sister Milk out there at the baptismal pool last Sunday saying, I ain't taking the devil uh, messing with my brother anymore. I'm standing on God's promises. I'm laying claim to what God promised. Now there's when you see faith stepping out, something begins to move. <coughs> In Matthew chapter 23, uh, Jesus said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. What's, what is the weightier matters of the law? That they were not teaching the Pharisees and scribes he said, judgment, mercy, and faith. To think that it would be faith would be removed from the teaching of the day. That faith, because what is faith? Faith is when you're believing to expect that God will give you something. That God will give you the Holy Ghost. That God will reward your faith. That God will give you peace in your family. That God will give you your children. That whatever you have need of, that God will reward your faith with something supernatural happening. These are you to have done and not to leave the other undone. And Matthew chapter 19, see, this is what they were leaving out in that day with their teaching. They were forgetting that with God, all things are possible. All things means all things. Anything is possible. Now, this is what, as we're setting the stage of Abel bringing in his little sacrifice, Brother Ram said in message presuming, he said, what was the difference in Moab? up on the mountain with seven altars and seven rams and Israel down in the valley with seven altars and seven rams, both of them keeping the commandments of God, both of them trying to do it. But God vindicated Israel. In other words, there's some, one, one of the two sides really believed because God's going to vindicate your faith. One really had a correct understanding, a real revelation that God was in their midst, that God was with them. How did Cain, when he made an altar just as pretty or prettier than Abel's, he offered fruits, he gave his tithes, he brought his income into the house of the Lord, he knelt on the altar, he bowed himself, he prayed, he worshipped, just as sincere as any man. But God vindicated Abel by consuming his sacrifice. Another, God, God vindicated Abel by supernaturally confirming his life. And we'll see in a minute where Brother Brown proves out that when God supernaturally vindicates somebody's life, then it makes the other side jealous. Jealousy stirs up. Why are they jealous? Because there's a supernatural vindication in the life of a real believer. And they don't like that. They won't, they, 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 they get all bent out of shape because they see God supernaturally confirming somebody and the life lived out and signs and wonders following them that believe and they and, and it makes them jealous now look what brother ram said I, I know this is a little bit small so i'm just going to read it to you in leviticus 9 24 i i i want what we're what we're trying to do too as we study these things out is to learn how to study the bible how did brother Branham know that god consumed abel's sacrifice because look when you study the word out You've, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, if God does something one, one way over here, and you can follow that pattern through the scripture, you, you, how, did, how was the door opened up in Revelation 4? If you can find out how a door is opened up, a door on Pentecost, how was that door opened up? How did Peter open up the door to the Samaritans? How, how did God open up a door once? He's going to open it up the same way the next time. If you can find out how he vindicated Abel's sacrifice, then you can find out how your sacrifice, how the, how the sacrifice was vindicated on the day of Pentecost when he, when he fell on them with the Holy Ghost and fire. So we'll just kind of read through some of these scriptures where in Leviticus 9.24, it says fire came out 
from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. Moses come and, and, and did everything that God required by a revelation of what God required. And what did God do? He come down with fire and consumed the sacrifice on the altar. Something supernatural happened. In Judges 16-9, when, when Gideon was, uh, you know, in fear, wondering if God was really with him, and, he, and the angel uh, laid his tip of the staff on, on the rock, on the meat and the unleavened bread, and fire consumed the sacrifice that had been offered. In 1 Kings chapter 18, the fire of the Lord burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil. This is when Elijah come and rebuilt the altar and repaired the, the, the altars. And fire come and consumed the sacrifice. Accepting what? Accepting the revelation. The revelation that they, that they had come with. In First Chronicles 21, David built an altar to the Lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. He called on the Lord, and the Lord answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of burnt offering. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, when Solomon finished praying, after he had built the, built the temple and got everything prepared and laid everything out on the altar, that God come with a holy fire and consumed the sacrifice on the altar. And Hebrews 12 says, For our God is a consuming fire. In Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist said, I, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Why is it saying with fire? Because it's identifying what, what the Holy Ghost will do in you with all of these scriptural things that we can read about. That the Holy Ghost is the fire of God coming what to vindicate, to vindicate your faith. <clears throat> That's what it means where it says God testifying of his gifts in verse 4 of Hebrews 11, verse 4. Brother Bram said, gifts must be confirmed. Anyone can say anything they wish to. Now, now we know people, people have said all kinds of people have said they have discernment. They, they've said they had the Holy Ghost. They said they're called to preach, all these sorts of things. But it's got to be proved out, right? Amen. Anyone can say anything they wish to, and they can have impressions. But when God really sends something... He will vindicate that to be the truth. God will speak of it. Oh, you, you think now, when the God sends the Holy Ghost and fire in your life, then he begins to speak back to testify that you really got it, that the life is in you. Now, see, when, when Gabe, Abel come and he brought, that, he, brought that, uh, he brought his sacrifice and laid it up there on the altar, then, see, he was waiting for God to speak back. When God speaks back, it proves that faith really is there. The Bible said in Hebrews, God testifying of his gifts. Hebrews 11.10, is that right? God testifying. Then you got God's testimony. The Holy Spirit is the gift of God. You believe it? When he comes to you, he will testify that is there. All God's gifts testify. And the angel of God, he said, now if I make these statements and, I, and I just make them myself, there's nothing of that happened, then don't believe it because my words would be untrue. But if I make those statements and God backs that up, then that's God's testimony to it. Is that right? That's God's testimony saying that it is true. Well, then if God says it's true and confirming the word with signs and wonders following, isn't that what you prayed for for years? 
Oh, you to, to think about that. We're, we're not just following the ideas of a man. We're following a vindicated message where somebody just didn't get up and just say some words, but God come behind it and vindicated it. And not only the message, but he'll come behind your life and vindicate it. He'll come behind your faith and vindicate your faith that it's true, that you really believe. With what? With a supernatural testimony, God speaking back over your life to prove that God is with you. In Revelation chapter 4, Brother Abraham said, Now to you, my Baptist brother, I want to ask you something. You say, What more could Abraham do but believe God? And God imputed to him for righteousness. That's the only thing you can do is believe. But God's got to answer back that, it's, that it really is faith. Don't, don't we want our faith inspected this morning? God's inspect, and God, God will come by and, and, and inspect it and look it over and see if it's really his faith and, real, and then come and vindicate it and prove it with something supernatural happening in your life. That's all he could do right there, right here. He believed God, but God to accept his belief, give him the seal of circumcision and seal him showing that God had accepted his faith. And if you profess faith in God and has never been sealed by the Holy Ghost, Ephesians 4.30 says, if you want to put it down, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you're sealed. And you're not sealed until you have received the Holy Ghost. Oh, when God comes and accepts your faith and begins to change the directory of your life and makes you want to come to church and makes you want, want for the preacher to preach it a little bit longer because there's something hungering in you. And the only way that you can explain that is something supernatural happened in my life that you started off believing and God come and did something supernatural to make you act different and think different and walk different and talk different and want to associate with different people and live around different people. And everything's different because something supernatural will happen and brother Abraham said i got all these quotes without without the what message it came from so you'll just have to you can ask me later if you want the, the message he said you believe on the lord jesus christ accept him as your personal savior and then receive the holy ghost and until you have received the holy ghost god has never recognized your faith that's right now you are a believer but god doesn't recognize your faith until he proves it to you Amen. It might be recognized in your own thoughts, but when he come, when it comes into God's thoughts, God seals that faith by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and that's the same thing it is when God recognizes your faith and He cuts the world off of you and give you the Holy Ghost, and you really believe God then for whatever He says. Now, now maybe some of the old timers sitting here will maybe you cabbage down and say, well, He's talking about the old the Holy Ghost, and maybe I, I just don't. Let's go on beyond that and think think in larger terms. For God to come and vindicate your faith by taking you out of this world, you've got to have rapturing faith. For God to come and vindicate your life with a supernatural anointing, you've got to have capstone faith. See, it builds up. The, re- the way we're going to get out of here is the same way we got born again. The way that you get the Holy Ghost is with your faith. The way that you get the capstone is with your faith. And how does faith come by the Word? So to, get, to raise your faith, you've got to hear the Word. And w- the more Word that you pack in, the more Word that you're believing, your faith increases to a place where you can believe that all things are possible. It doesn't matter what the circumstances say. It doesn't matter what I appear. It doesn't matter how I feel. That I believe that if God said it, it's going to come to pass. I don't believe how I feel. I believe what God said. <laughs> we got two more minutes. Or, or I'll say two more. We got a few more minutes, but we'll close in two minutes. And Brother Brown said, and I will a story. He said, now look what Cain done. 
when he seen his brother was accepted, his brother had what? Not just a lot of head knowledge, not just a lot of education. His brother had the supernatural revelation. Now, that's what we're here for. We're here for something supernatural to happen. That's what I'm looking for. A supernatural change in my life. Supernatural change in my thinking. I'm looking for something supernatural. Don't never get away from expecting a supernatural move of God. And then it, when Cain saw that, then he was jealous over him and saw a way to kill him. To think about that, that when God would come down and supernaturally vindicate. Now, you can see that in, in a lot of people's lives. God will come down and supernaturally fill somebody with the Holy Ghost and all his friends will start to hate him. Supernaturally vindicate a preacher and all the other preachers will start to hate him. Supernaturally vindicate somebody's life and the people at work will start to hate him. Supernatural vindication is what caused Cain to start hating Abel. And Brother Ram, or well, the de- dictionary definition of supernatural is a musician's come. Supernatural is when a, man- a manifestation or event attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding. Or the laws of nature. You can't explain it by science. You can't explain it by schooling. You can't explain it by somebody giving you a good reason. There's something when you're healed of cancer or healed of the way that you think something's changed. God's come on the scene. God bless you.